0: Hello, welcome to Diary She Wrote. I'm Liz Beardson, and I've written a diary every day of my life since 1994 when I was 12. I'm now 38 and I've got over 9,000 entries, so I've got a lot of stories to tell. I find the process of writing down my thoughts and experiences every day an extremely therapeutic and beneficial practice. And Five years ago, I began sharing stories from my diaries at spoken word nights in London, and I was encouraged by both friends and strangers to turn the readings into something bigger, which led to the creation of this podcast. Each week I will share raw, personal and explicit true stories straight from my diaries that I hope will be relatable. I'll touch on navigating the London dating scene, the complexities of sex, coping with grief and maintaining hope. The episodes are not in chronological order, but there are overlapping storylines and characters running throughout, so I recommend you listen in order. And I'll share a new episode every Sunday at midday. I'd love to hear your feedback so please do contact me at info at diaryshewrote.com and if you're enjoying the stories then I'd love it if you could share them with friends, rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. All names and some factual details have been changed to protect people's identity. This episode contains sexual content language listeners may find offensive and references to drug use. Episode 8. I don't like people. This week's episode is taken from the shortest time period, just five days of diary entries. I think it's a great example of a sliding doors moment. There is a point in the story where I am offered a glass of red wine, and had I said no, I would have had a totally different five-day experience. Saturday the 10th of November 2018. The world leaders are gathering in Paris to mark the 100-year anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I. Collins Dictionary have just named single use as the word of 2018, reflecting the increasing global awareness in environmental issues. And Jodie Whittaker has just appeared on our screens as the first female Doctor Who. I have recently returned from an incredible solo holiday in Japan. I'm just about to turn 37 and have decided to book another trip away for my birthday. When you are single in your mid-30s, it's hard to know how to celebrate your birthday. I knew I would have a fun night with friends on either the Friday or Saturday of my birthday week but I didn't want to ask people to come out twice. Equally, you don't want to be at home alone on your actual birthday. So I'm about to board the Eurostar to Paris, because being alone on holiday on your birthday feels more acceptable than being alone at home on your birthday. What a day! Up at 5.30 for the 7.58 train to Paris. So easy, and then a 15-minute walk to my hotel, Hotel Amour, which is lovely. Had lunch there, and then a little scout around the area. I made my way down to the Mercy shop. Annoyingly, I chose a boring walk into the centre via a really dodgy area where I felt unsafe. I miss the frequency of public toilets you get in Japan. Cafes here aren't so welcoming and I'm faced with eye rolls from waiters when asked if I can use their bathroom. I made it to Mercy, which was filled with endless beautiful clothes and interiors. I bought a picnic blanket and was starting to feel exhausted from my early start. I tried to find a beautiful cafe, but they were either full or unfriendly. Eventually I sat down for a shit coffee, but I needed some energy and a rest. A hot man who looked like Thierry Henri caught my eye, and then I realised he was also occasionally looking over at me. I look crap, tired and drained, and my hair is too short at the moment, it just flicks out with no style. Anyway, I thought maybe he was in a business meeting. There were four of them, but then the lady next to him started to snuggle up. Clearly they were together and he had wandering eyes. I walked down to a shop I'd read about. And then I saw a neon sign and I thought, I'll walk there, see what's on that road. As I reached the sign, a bright white gallery caught my attention. All beautiful art, a small space, just two rooms. I had a look around and then this guy appears, wheeling out on a chair from his desk in a third room. And he invited me to take a look and starts chatting in French. But then reacting to my confused face switches to English. And instantly we had this connection. Like we both know we fancy each other. He introduces himself and gives me his business card. We do some basic chat. He runs the gallery, but none of the art is his work. He asks what I do, and in response to my answer, he says, Oh, parties? Ecstasy? And I say, no, not at work. We establish that I'm there on holiday for my birthday alone, and he tells me he went out for dinner on his birthday alone. So I guess that we're both assuming we're both single. We kind of string out the conversation for as long as possible, and then I say bye and exit the third room. And about three seconds later, he shouts after me, Do you want a glass of red wine? So I turn back and do my normal, nervous laughter, whilst I decide if this is a good idea, thinking, Well, the story will be good, and I may end up having sex with him, and other than a 7.30 dinner reservation, there is no good reason to say no. So I say yes, and he pours me a glass, and I sit opposite him at his desk, wishing I looked better. But he seems to see past the bad hair and tiredness. He said he was a bit drunk as he'd been drinking for a few hours as it was a Saturday, and that he doesn't normally like people, but he liked me, and chats away, apologising for his English, which is pretty much fluent, and for talking too much. I hear about his previous jobs, designing furniture, running nightclubs, and now working in art. He tells me about liking to eat alone, an illness he suffers from, and how he has found some cheaper medication. So he has asked his health insurance to use the difference to look after his sister with a better birthing setup, as she's due in a few months. He talks about how they had fallen out, but when she found out she was having a boy, she messaged him to say he'd be named after him. And he tells me about his two brothers, one a family man, and the other a DJ and a drug addict. And how despite being the youngest of four, he feels responsible for all of them. He said he learned English from watching six films a day when he was ill when he was younger. He tells me his favourite action movies, Terminator 2, Speed and Die Hard 3. He asks me my favourite movies, Love Actually and Whiplash. He doesn't understand Whip, so I have to act it out for him. He offers me some coke, which he'd been given earlier by a customer, who had used it to partly pay for a piece of art, as he was €100 short. I decline. I've not eaten. It's 6pm. I don't need coke. He asks me about football three times. This is when I realised he was a bit drunk. He talks about the 100th World War I anniversary and how all the war veterans are dying and there is no one left to talk about the war in schools. And he talks about the importance of being left or right, not a specific political party, just choosing left or right, and if I was for or against Brexit, and if I'm left. He said his friend was due to arrive to help him transport some art, so this put the idea of us having dinner together out my head. And then, after all this chat, probably about 45 minutes, We are staring and smiling and he says, So what now? And had we not had a metre deep desk between us, we would have kissed. So instead, he got up and walked round, leant over and snogged my face off. It started well, then a bit bitey and a forceful tongue. I hate a forceful tongue. And his hands were everywhere, but in a way that I wasn't ready for. And I thought, shit, he could attack me. I pulled away, he sat back down, we chatted a bit longer. And then I asked for the bathroom. And in there I decided he was too drunk and I should go. So I came back, finished my wine and said, I'm going to go and get some dinner. And he said, "Will you have my number, so maybe see you later. I said, not tonight, but maybe tomorrow. And we kissed, this time stood up, so it was more even. I said, you are too forward. And he apologised and put his hands behind his back and just kissed me. And then I was really enjoying it and getting turned on, so I dropped my bags and put my arms around him. And it was more passionate and hot but still I had to ask him to stop biting me. As I said bye with one last kiss, a lady arrived and I went for dinner, still on time for my 7.30 booking at Poulette. I picked the restaurant from the Lost in Paris book, but I hadn't seen it on any other friend's recommendation list, so I was a little apprehensive. But it was beautiful, amazing tiles, local people, friendly service and nice food. I sat at the bar and googled Elliot Light. I found him on Instagram, his profile picture is very hot. There was an English man sitting next to me. I didn't fancy him and I didn't want him to think by chatting to him that I was chatting him up. So I just sat and stared at what was happening in the restaurant. When my main arrived he said, that looks delicious. I smiled and thought, oh god, that was his opener. I responded and asked him if he knew if Paris had a version of the Oyster card. And we started chatting. Thankfully he was gay. He was here for Photo Paris. He works for the amazing photography museum in Stockholm, Fotografiska, which is opening in London. I headed back to my hotel, very tired, but also kind of turned on from Elliot, and then there were photos of naked women everywhere at the hotel, there was hot French music playing in my room, and it kind of sounded like sex sound effects coming through the walls. I masturbated in front of the mirror and then updated Rowan, Beth and Grace on my day, and as I was doing so, fucking Dexter Turner starts calling me. I answer so intrigued by what he has to say and as always his opening words are I know why do I always call you when I'm high he was down in London and had called the coke in last night but wasn't on a rollover he'd had a cultural day at the Saatchi gallery and then had got back on it and said he would got horny I said I was in Paris and he said oh that'll explain the international dialing tone We spoke about the area I was staying in, his new job and how he had stopped the painting for now and was enjoying a regular salary and being recognised for good work, having had a promotion quite quickly. He asked how much Eurostar tickets were and how long it took. I told him and he said he'd have a look at ticket prices for today. I said you won't be high by the time you get here, but I don't think he heard me. Then said he may be down again in December, so would hopefully see me then. We said bye and he messaged to say tickets are £170, which is too much this time. Hopefully see you in December. Kiss. Sunday the 11th of November. There's no shower here, just a bath in the bedroom which felt super luxurious and Parisian. Made an effort with my makeup and hair assuming I would see Elliot at some point. Went to another hotel for breakfast and messaged him. Last night I sent a message to say thank you for the truly French welcome. I've had a long day so I'm having an early night "'but it would be nice to hang out tomorrow evening. "'Let me know if you'd like to.' "'And all he had said was, we. "'So today I said, a man of a thousand words in real life "'and a man of one on WhatsApp. "'He simply said, where are you?' "'I replied, near my hotel. "'I'm going to wander around again today, "'but I can meet you this evening. "'Okey dokey, when and where? "'I'm still lying in my bed, dot, dot, dot. "'It's your city, you let me know. "'Okay, so my bed.' The French are so forward, the English are quite different. But at the same time, I'm fucking wet and turned on and I want to be in his bed and it's raining. And so two minutes later, I say, where is your bed? And he gives me his address and I say, it's forecast to rain. So maybe I'll come over now. Okay, I'll be 30 minutes. I messaged Rowan and told her what I was doing and gave her the address. She texts me to say, be careful, trust your instincts, but you're a grown woman. I also decide to go over now at 11.30 as I'm sober, and I'm assuming he will be too, so I can make sensible decisions, but I'm also aware he could have a side to him that I don't know about. I managed to go to the toilet so I didn't feel bloated, another good reason to go now, and I haven't yet been rained on all day, so we'll look fresher. I wish I had chosen a hotter, sexier outfit. I arrived and my heart is beating with that kind of what-the-fuck feeling. We say hi and kiss and I compliment his home. He lives in the most beautiful Parisian apartment, decked out like an artist's home, with high ceilings, tall windows, piles and piles of books and unique pieces of artwork everywhere. I love it. I ask if he lives by himself and he says, yes, remember, I don't like people. He offers me some champagne and cheese. I just take the champagne. He has the 24 News channel on and it's reporting on the president's being in Paris for the 100th anniversary of World War I. He loves it and knows all the politicians. We chat for a bit and then he kisses me. I have to tell him not to be so rough and he apologises in a gentle manner that reassures me I can just say if it is too much. But he is strong, even his fingers pushing against them. I stand no chance. He pulls my arms down, which I like, and places his hands around my throat, but maybe a percentage too hard, and I'm thinking, am I turned on or scared? Is he going to flip? But nothing lasts long enough to feel really scared. He seems to go to another place when we are getting it on. A kind of aggressive place that you see in his eyes. I'm naked and he briefly goes down on me and I had thought he would want sex quite quickly as the tension had been building since yesterday. But he doesn't let me remove his pyjama bottoms, smart Ralph Lauren ones. He said he got in at 5am and I think maybe he can't get hard on a hangover or a come-down. His body is perfect, so soft, the perfect amount of hair, not too muscly, just toned like Dexter, He pulls away and we watch a bit of the news for a bit. I lie on him, we stroke each other, we kiss some more and then he stops again and I'm so confused. His messages this morning about his bed and the way he touched me yesterday suggested he was quite sexual but it's not going that way. And I think, maybe he's changed his mind. I go to the loo and when I come back he says something about needing to leave in half an hour and I think, okay, this isn't happening. And after a bit I say, if you have to leave I'm going to go. And he said, no, 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 you can come with me to the gallery. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I just gave you a guess out and you didn't take it. I sit with a blanket on me and he walks around the room. He can't keep still. He talks and talks, story after story. Some the same as yesterday, some new. And I listen and smile because he is fascinating and so happy. I could stare at him all day. I feel he looks like someone I know or someone famous, I ask. And he said that some people say Daniel Day-Lewis. I can see that. Yes, if I get told I look like anyone, and I say, No, do you think so? And he said, You, and then something in French, a compliment, I think. And I say, That's French, as in, I don't know what you just said. He said, I know. I said, You are beyond beauty, or above beauty. It was something beautiful, which I tried to plant in my brain at the time, as it was one of the nicest compliments I'd ever had, but now I can't fully remember. And then I said, You are very handsome which I had been wanting to say for ages, but didn't know how. He said, mercy, and we kissed. And he carried on with the stories and showed me a photo of his brothers and dad telling me all about their relationship. I went to the loo again and I thought, I'm going to give this one last go. And I came back and stood in front of him naked. And we kissed and it got passionate and he let me touch his dick and balls this time. And slowly, with dedication, it got hard. And then he's like, we have to go. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why don't you want to have sex? He said he did, but he was late. We kissed more, and then it got really hard, and he spun me round. I didn't particularly want to be fucked from behind for the first time. I asked for a condom, and then it's as if that word made him change his mind. And there I am, all turned on, literally dripping down my leg, and he's like, we have to go. It's as if he's scared of what he'll do to me during sex. So I'm like, fine, and get dressed, soaking wet, whilst he casually chooses what to wear. A navy shirt and navy cord suit and Doc Martens. And we walk out and he hears the neighbour and he's like, Wait, there are people there. I don't like people. And this reminds me of my brother, which is gross. He doesn't like small talk either, but is utterly charming like Elliot. We can't avoid these old people as they are walking so slowly down seven flights of stairs. So he chats to them in French about the stairs, tightening his bum. And the neighbour says, You live one floor higher, so you must have a tighter bum. We get to the metro, and he kind of appears a bit drunk. Maybe he had more champagne than me. We go to a bar, and he orders wine, and I'm like, what about the meeting at the gallery? And he hits his head as if he's forgotten, and I think, did he make it up? He comes to this bar every day and knows the bar attendant and local shop owners. He has to take a call from his mum as his brother is in Bergheim, and had pocket-called her, and she'd listened to him take coke and ecstasy, and Elliot is angry on the phone, shouting at his mum in the bar, but then turning to me, smiling and politely apologising. It's like split personality. We eventually go to the gallery, and despite him being quite drunk, I help him wrap 20,000 euros worth of art, and we transport it in an Uber to a new owner at another gallery across town. The guys that paid the last 100 euros in coke. He thanks me, and then seems to relax once that's done, and we go to a cafe, one that I had read about. He is a regular. The waiter sits at his usual table, and he orders his usual wine, and then he has to leave as he's left his laptop at the gallery. I wouldn't have been surprised if he hadn't have come back, but he did, 15 minutes later. We drank, and there are these moments where he goes into his own world, holding his head in his hands. I say, there, those moments, what do you think? And he said, they are my private thoughts. I asked why he asked me to stay when we met yesterday, and he said, I don't know. It was a feeling, you are beautiful. And I said I felt that feeling too. He takes me to a restaurant popular with tourists where you can only eat steak and frites, which he thinks is hilarious. In the queue he comments sarcastically on someone smoking a vape, and for the first time I'm embarrassed. I shoot him a look that he accepts. I don't know how, maybe talking about his brother again. He tells me how he went to jail for six months when he was 18. I ask why. It was because a guy groped his sister, so he beat him badly. He said he knows that's not how to handle stuff and that he is in contact with the man and that the attack had been the final straw of a string of other dealings with the police. Right now I'm a little tipsy but my instincts still say I'm safe with him. We sit for dinner on a communal table. We are joined by a five-year-old, his mum and gran and Elliot chats and draws with him and makes him feel special and it's adorable. But he is also a bit like that drunk man you don't want talking to your kids. But the mum and gran don't seem to mind and they are charmed by him. Then I would catch him giving this look of death at people, and I would ask, what are you doing, stop it. And he'd say they are staring at me. I don't like it when people stare at me. He's such a big kid and will wind people up prodding them and then pretending it wasn't him. But he's entertaining and I love his company. He goes to the loo, comes out to a full restaurant, locks my eyes and does a pirouette like a ballerina and then bows to the pretend crowds. In the cafe, he said he only had one friend, but he seems to know a lot of people. We try one more place but it's full and then we walk home and he says, you are so nice, why? We get back to his apartment and each lie on a sofa. He pops to see the landlord and then comes back and this time I lie on him. After a while drifting off I ask if we can go to bed. We do, but he has to keep the TV on in the background. We sleep and it's nice him holding me. And then we wake an hour later, horny, and I give him a blowjob, and he's like, that's nice, don't stop, repeating it over and over. It's exhausting and I want some attention, but I didn't get any. We kissed more, then I went down on him again, but neither of us came. And then he got up and sat in the lounge and watched TV. I went to the loo and back to bed and he joined me around 1.30, occasionally touching throughout the night. In the morning I wanted him to touch me again and started to stroke his skin, and he was hard and I was like, yes! now sex but still he didn't try and I didn't push it I wanted to ask why but I knew I wouldn't get an answer so frustrating he would hug me but so hard like he could squeeze me to death or pin me down I think I'm turned on by the danger he's like that bitch from killing Eve we lie for a bit no words he's complicated like a mix of my dad and brother which is just fucking weird I decide to get dressed and say bye and he says, maybe see you later, and I say, yeah, let me know, and I leave thinking, if I don't see him again, that was enough. Monday the 12th of November, stopped for a delicious waffle breakfast on the way back to the hotel, then had a slow process getting ready for the day with a bath and two hours of diary writing, I still know I've missed stuff or not described the day as well as I could, set off to Palais de Tokyo, but not really with it, the architecture and space was nice, but I wasn't a fan of the exhibition. Had lunch there and then realised I was right by the Eiffel Tower. And then a gap opened in the buildings and there it was. So much smaller and underwhelming than I remembered. It kind of looked like the fake one from Vegas. I walked over to it and then I was taken back by its beauty. I took a photo and went on to the Louvre. All the tourist things I didn't want to do but had no plans. So they seemed like obvious choices. I walked to Chez Gnu, a restaurant recommendation. I was 20 minutes ahead of opening, so I had to wander around aimlessly. I felt kind of sad then. It was a very traditional French restaurant. My mushrooms were two same-same, but the prawn main and the mousse dessert were good. A nice evening and a nice atmosphere. I came back and had a message from Elliot. It was a photo of the profiteroles from the café, as we were meant to compare them to the ones from last night, but we were too full. I sent a smiley face and asked who the winner was. The café. He was with his one friend. He asked how my day was, then I replied, leaving it open for him to ask about coming over. Had a bath and half-delayed taking my makeup off just in case, but now I'm tired and I need to sleep. Maybe I'll pop into the gallery to say goodbye tomorrow. Thursday the 13th of November. Woke up at 8am, had a flurry of birthday messages, breakfast at the hotel, and then I wandered to Sacre Coeur, up some cobbled streets, past one of the original windmills, but the shops were not what I'd hoped. Headed to another area of the city, but still didn't find the vibe I was looking for. Stopped at a nice spot for an omelette and wine, and then went on to the Pompidou Centre. Messaged Elliot to ask if he was at the gallery, as I was in the area and could stop by, but no response. I picked up my bag from my hotel and walked to the station. I messaged him to say, Thank you for a fun 24 hours, and how I loved his stories, his charisma, his ballet pirouette, his beautiful home, his passion for politics, and his handsome face. And that I was glad I had said yes to that glass of red wine. But no response from that either. I have to remember not everyone communicates like I do. And not to take offence. But it is also confusing. He is a mystery. I messaged Miles to say I was free on Sunday. Last shot at that one. This month has been such a whirlwind of small highs and hopes. I got back to London and went to Jim's cafe for dinner. It's a good spot for eating alone. Wednesday the 14th of November. Went over emails as quickly as I could, met Laura for a site visit, lots of meetings, and then went to Rowan's for dinner with her friend. Elliot replied to say, The weekend was nice with you, now it's Groundhog Day again. I'm glad he replied, but I would like a new interest now. The one. That was the last episode of Diary She Wrote Series 1. Please do follow me on Instagram at Diary she Wrote for more snippets from my diaries and to be the first to hear when Series 2 will be released. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed Diary She Wrote. I'd love to hear your feedback, so please do contact me at info at And if you're enjoying the stories, I would love it if you could share them with friends, rate, review and subscribe wherever you are listening. And for further details on characters and locations, please see the show notes. Sound engineering and original music by Ethan Illingworth.